Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You got to take action on your new expanded mind and the new skills that you learn. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners... You're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool that'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. With us today, Mike Agliero. How you doing, Mike? What's happening, Joe? I'm excited to be here today. Nice to have you on the show, my friend. Mike is an experienced and accomplished entrepreneur, and he is the co-owner of Gold Medal Service, which is New Jersey's largest and most respected home services company. He'll get into that in more detail. Over the last 10 years, he's grown the business from making less than a million bucks a year to making... $30 million or more a year. He's the host of the CEO Warrior podcast, and he is the CEO for Warrior Mentoring Business. He's written four books. He's in East Brunswick, New Jersey. And today, because it's Sunday, we've, of course, got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday, where you're going to come away with a specific skill by the end of our conversation. And guess what? This is a fun one, best ever listeners. 
At the end of our conversation, you will know how to live life like a warrior. How's that for a claim? With that being said, Mike, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, awesome. So I'm a 46-year-old guy that's been with his wife over 30 years. I got a 17-year-old amazing strong son, a 14-year-old daughter. I own a business that has went from under a million just about 11 years ago to 30 million this year. Coaching company that we started less than three years ago. We did 3.5 million last year. And I do know about real estate, Joe. A matter of fact, I just visited my second building we own. We own a 15,000 square foot building out here in East Brunswick, and we own another 10,000 square foot building. And I also own properties in Atlanta and Ohio. So I'm excited to be here, Joe, to some wisdom and knowledge, no matter what industry or what they're doing or where they want to go. What's your $30 million business do? We're a service company. So we do plumbing, heating, cooling, electric, drain cleaning, anything pretty much that a residential homeowner or someone who owns a house breaks, drippy faucet, slow running drain, no heat, no electric. That's my forte. We run 145 trucks all over New Jersey. I have 190 employees that work for me. And accumulation to just give you a little bigger feel of things, Joe, we've done $180 million in the last 10 years. Did you create it from scratch or did you buy into it or did you join it after it was started? No, it's from scratch. Me and my business partner 22 years ago made the decision that we wanted to be our own bosses. At the time, it seemed brilliant. For the first 10 years, it was about as painful as hell and it almost burnt us both out until the point we made a conscious decision that if we were ever going to watch our children grow up and keep a successful marriage, we better figure this out. And that's what we did. 10 years. How did you live and have relationships that were not telling you that what the hell are you doing? Why don't you get a real job, quote unquote? How did you approach that for those 10 years? Before we get into the success story, I just want to know how did you handle that and what were you thinking over those 10 years? There was two parts. I mean, first off, it's easy, and I'll talk from a man's perspective. It's easy to run yourself to the point you don't see the damage you're leaving behind. So it was really the birth of my son. I just remember going to the hospital. He was born. I went home that night to build a little sliding rocker thing for my wife and just sitting there. And it's almost like I got punched in the face by somebody and said, look, you're going to be just like your dad. You're never going to be around. You're never going to see your son grow up. And I love my dad to death. He's still alive today. And he didn't know what he was doing. I was just following his example. So that was the first huge reality, like, wow, you're going to let your future son down, which then immediately I said, holy crap, I've been probably letting my wife down. Now, she didn't quite come out and say I was doing it, but I knew there was unspoken words. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. What were you doing in those first 10 years with the business that wasn't working out? Everything myself, right? Me and my business partner, we thought that we had to do all the work, pay all the bills. We didn't understand operations. We didn't understand systems. I didn't understand marketing. I understood sales. I mean, let's face it, anybody who gets in business and survives a little bit, you figured out how to sell something or close a deal of some kind. But it was everything else we were trying to do ourselves. And we were doing it morning, noon, and night, and seven days a week. I mean, there was a period, Joe, and this is no exaggeration. We did six months 
seven days a week, not one break at all. I mean, it's total burnout, you know? Mm-hmm. You leveled up on that. And then what were some of the things that you would attribute to it going from $1 million? Is that profit or what is the $1 million or $30 million? Just to make sure I'm... Gross revenue. Gross revenue. Okay, okay. So $1 million from gross revenue to $30 million. What are two or three things you'd attribute to that? So the first thing, Joe, that I would say is it was this shifting in decision or shifting in mindset. And we could dig a little deeper into that. But, you know, right around the same time, my partner walked in one day, Rob, and he said to me, he says, I'm done. And I was like, oh, okay, me being naive and so when still driving and running and just working like mad, I said, oh, okay, you're going home for the day. Like he didn't feel good. He goes, no, I'm out. And I know a lot of listeners, especially a lot of men today can relate to that decision of like, you're so toast, you're just done. When you give me the second pivotal point, it was there. And that's when I said to him, I said, look, I'm not going to do this without you. What if we found people, somebody who knew how to build a business, who already figured it out, and we just invested, learned from them. It was like the, let's jump off the bridge one last time, and we'll either land on our feet or we'll die. That was really the turning point, was to go find people smarter than ourselves and to learn what we did not know. How did you find those people and what specific roles did they have versus what you two had? Just like anything else, it started asking different people that were successful. I started Googling and looking all over the Internet and stuff. And I'll give you some of the people I worked with in no particular order. We went out and we seeked out the person who grew 1-800-GOT-JUNK, right? Cameron Harold, brilliant guy in so many aspects. And then we went and trained with the top executives at Disney. And then we went and trained, and I hired executives at Zappos. The list goes on and on from Joe Polish to starting to learn more from Dan Kennedy and Anthony Robbins. I mean, if you were a brilliant person out there who had wisdom on how to grow a business, and I learned that it was two parts, Joe. It was part getting the skill sets I didn't know about marketing and operational and different things about sales. And then it was about this mindset. What don't I know If you don't know how to think a new way, what the heck? It's a mindset thing. You need to learn how to think different. So it's a combination of the two pieces. And you were reaching out to these people. How did you find them? Was it just through Google? And how much did you compensate each of them on average? Well, let me give you something that you and maybe the listeners might find this normal or you might just find it completely shocking and crazy. By the end of 2016, the last, I would say, 11, 12 years in total accumulation, I spent over a million dollars in my own education. So people normally like, what do you mean? And I said, well, here's the deal. I didn't have the million dollars. I mean, it was a matter of taking a credit card, being really damn brave, putting money on it, and then learning. And what I found out, Joe, it was interesting. The fact that I committed to paying somebody big dollars to learn from already made me successful because I knew if I didn't, I would drown. So it was really just a part of researching, finding one, investing money, growing, and now I'm on a surge. Like even just a couple months ago, I was hanging in a very small atmosphere with Damon John and Ann Kennedy in a couple weeks with six or seven other people. These names may not mean anything to the listeners, but these are brilliant and the best in the world at what they do. Let's distill this down to maybe a couple 
pieces of actionable advice or insight that you got from all those experts, what were a couple pieces of advice or actionable insight that you took away from it? I'm going to give you the first three pieces that I think if you listen to this, it will make so much sense. And it's actually three pieces of what I call the nine pillars. And here's what I learned. Now, first thing, number one thing was mindset. And you had to get your mind right. So anybody who's listening should pull over right now or however you're listening, write this or type this on your phone. The second thing they said, skill set. I learned that I needed to learn things I didn't know how to do. And then the third was one of the biggest things. You got to take action on your new expanded mind and the new skills that you learn. I believe, Joe, a lot of people listening right now, if they were driving and answered this, and shake your head up and down while you're listening. If I said to you, is there something you know right now that if you do it, you know how to do it, and if you did it, would change the game for you, your life, and your business, you just haven't done it yet, shake your head yes or no. And most people will say, yeah, I know what to do. So those three things and building that into, it's also what I found out, Joe, is like the crystal ball. If you took any one of your listeners that want to go to the next level, whatever it is, I don't care if it's a million or a billion dollars, and said, what would get you there? Would it be a shift in mindset? Would it be a, a new wisdom or knowledge or skill set? Or would it be you just need to do different action? That's like the solve all mystery of what holds anybody back. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And thinking with tactically speaking now, so that's psychological. And I agree. I mean, I know, you know, Tony Robbins talks about 80% is psychology, 20% the mechanics. And there's a good book, 80-20 marketing rule or whatever it is. I, I, I enjoyed that. So completely agree. Get your mindset right, then skill set, and then take action. Now I'm curious about tactically speaking with your business. And I'm talking about the service business that went from $1 million in gross revenue to $30 million. What are some tactical things that you change in that business to grow it? I'm going to give you something that I believe is the number one thing. Now, I used to say a phrase, but someone else just told me something different, and it changed my mind. I used to say, Joe, marketing is everything, and everything is marketing. And I think it was Dean Jackson, brilliant guy, who said that. And then I was hanging around Brian Kurtz, another brilliant guy. And Brian says, well, that's kind of close. He said, marketing is the only thing, period. Marketing is the only thing. So if you want something that will change the game, I don't care what industry, what you do to make wealth or gain yourself greater freedom, it is understanding that marketing is more than just getting a new customer. It's about creating repeat buying of existing customers. It's about positioning for negotiating of closing higher deals. Marketing, hand down, changed the game for me. And what aspects in your marketing did you change? What were some specific shifts? First off, when you go from your marketing about understanding your avatar, and people might have heard about this before, oh, avatar, avatar, but really digging into the emotional aspects of the avatar, the perfect customer for you. So marketing is I want to have an emotional conversation with someone to move them from where they're at to where I want them to go. I can only even do that, Joe, if I know the right person to talk to at the right time in the right place to move them in a forward-moving direction. So number one, identifying who is the perfect person who loves to say yes, 
to whatever you're selling or offering and loves to say yes a lot of times over a period of time. A lot of people find it interesting. One of our residential homeowners and most listeners probably are living in some kind of home. In seven years, they'll give us $50,000 in residential service work because we understand who our customer is and we understand how to really have a conversation. So avatar number one. Two, I would say copywriting, understanding copy, understanding messaging, understanding communication to that avatar or that perfect person helps them move along the funnel or along the line to making a good decision. Is this in line with what you were looking for, Joe? Yeah. The $50,000 comment that you made, you said you know how to have another conversation with the homeowner. How do you do that? First thing is all about that initial interaction with them. You know, so many people are treating marketing like it's a drive-by sale and a late night at a bar or something. Like you would probably, and maybe a classy bar, you're not going to walk up to a woman or something and say, hey, nice to meet you. Why don't we go home and sleep together, right? So today people have forgot to create this relationship. So one thing we're really good with with our customers is once we say hello to each other, we understand there's only one thing that has to happen, and we don't care if it turns into dollars at that minute, is build a relationship. Really understand who they are, what they want, when they want it, and who they like doing business with, right? So, I mean, it's the same thing for you, you know. I'm invited to the show. Well, it's because we probably have a fit and we have some kind of relationship. But based on our further relationship allows myself with you or anybody else to explore where's their other avenues of wealth and freedom. Does that make sense? Yep, makes sense. Now, I know I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, I was introducing you, and I want to make sure we cover this, that we would talk about how to live life as a warrior. Now, I'm sure that a lot of the things that you've mentioned already have applied to that mindset, but what else should we talk about as it relates to living life as a warrior so we deliver on that promise? I think today, and I'm going to talk to a lot of men here, even though you might have a lot of women listeners, which I think it all applies the same, is when I talk about living the life as a warrior, it's about stepping up to a new level. Today, it's been a lot of people become very complacent, Joe. They get a little bit of success. Then they start to take their foot off the gas a little bit. They become a little complacent. And normally with complacency comes lack of consistency. And then you find out that where they want to go, they got part of the way there, but not all the way. So I think step one as a warrior is for you to ask yourself the question, are you playing to your full potential? Are you really playing out? And one tip that I use to help myself, Joe, is I always ask myself, well, if I kind of guess that when I might exit this world, if it's 85, 95, for me personally, it's, I'll live past 125. But for most people, it's the realm of 85 years old that you're going to be toast. And if you're 40, you're, you only got 45 years left. So, I mean, a warrior says to himself, I know that time will end eventually. So there's no room for me to play super safe, no room for me to play in the world of fear. And I just see business owners and people that are trying to go to the next level. It's always this level of fear or predicting a future that never happened that holds them back. 
So a warrior steps up. A warrior is a leader. A warrior is not only he leads his family, he's the very best husband, he's the, or the very best wife, the very best father, uncle, grandfather, whatever it is. It is a mindset of a behavior about everything you do. It sounds like a lot of it has to do with reminding yourself that you're going to die and everyone's going to die, so live accordingly. How do you maintain that mindset? For me to maintain the mindset, I'm a martial artist of 31 years, so it's easy for me to maintain my focus, my mindset, my discipline, because I, I also have a martial arts dojo that I teach out of my house with my son a couple nights a week. That's very helpful, and I'm a believer everybody should be in some form of martial arts. But I think one of the things I'm a big believer in, Joe, is to, one, identify what this new, if you decide to take on, I will be a warrior. Identify to you, because most of you were a warrior when you were young. I mean, when you were 8, 9, 10 years old, you probably threw a sharpened stick or you swung a sword and you told your father or your mother you're going to go take on a village of people or something. You were this brave person. And then all of a sudden you become unbrave because you might get punched in the face a little bit by a bad decision. So one is about sitting down and just writing it out. If you looked at yourself standing there as a warrior, what would you change? And it does come down to, Joe, about changing some of your personal identity or your personal brand. And I've re-engineered myself a bunch of times in my own life where I said that type of thinking I would reference it in this perfect warrior. Now, the warrior in my mind, Joe, is like the size of the Hulk. You know what I mean? So I'd reference myself there and say, am I living with that level of power? Am I communicating from a place of strength? Is this making sense? Yeah, makes sense. So when you take a look at your real estate investments, how do you take that mentality and apply it towards your investing approach? I'll give you an example. Like we own a 15,000 square foot building for about, I think that's about 12 years now. We just bought another 10,000 square foot building for a couple million dollars. So my approach is like anybody should have a good evaluation uh, process. Does it make sense? For me, it's more about return on investment. I'll spend a little more to get that, knowing that I'm going to get that return on investment. The warrior steps in when the butterflies try to come in. Am I making a good decision? Should I be afraid? What if it doesn't work out? What if I get a no? I don't even understand any of that. The minute I even get the slightest inkling of a butterfly in my stomach, I'm like ripping it out and chewing on it with my teeth. So that mindset applied to real estate buying allows me to understand faster buying decisions and making a faster calculated on that decision for the win or the risk of it. And then talking about the risk of it, how have you done with deals that haven't worked out or have all of your deals worked out? It's an interesting thing. All of my real estate deals have worked out. I mean, something about me that most people may not know about our business practices and me and my partner own the service business, the coaching business, an investment business, and we have a couple warranty business and things like this is my mindset never even says that this won't work out. I mean, I've never had a down year. I've never had a flat year. I've always made at least an extra million in revenue in my businesses every year. Have I made business decisions that didn't quite work out the way I expected? Yes. I just reevaluate, course correct, 
learn my lesson and just don't remake the same mistakes again. What's the last decision that you had to course correct and you're not going to make that same mistake again? The decision of understanding that it's more important to manage risk than it is reward. And I'll explain that. One of our biggest lessons in business in my career was the fact that whatever anybody does on your personal business computers, good or bad, you're responsible for. So, I mean, I've experienced the settlement was a million-dollar lawsuit, and it all was just because somebody who worked for us used our computers and was building a business for himself. But the fact was it was on our computers that tied us to the liability of this, and it cost us a million dollars. And it was a big lesson of understanding systems and understanding guidelines and boundaries and putting things in place, and it taught me, be careful, manage risk. Always ask yourself if there was a way there was going to be a sinkhole would show up or a problem could appear, what could that be? And just put something in place to make sure you have protection there. And that was one of my largest lessons in life. Yeah, I know this is a very tactical question, but how do you manage to mitigate that risk for employees doing something crazy on company computers and not being liable? It all goes back to, I'm a big policy and procedure guy, system guy. So it's like anything. First off, computers and technology has become one of the biggest risks out there today, even to the point where Russia and China and all these places are playing games on people's holding you where you need ransomware and everything else. I think the first is to identify, let's put in some good ground rules. You have people on a computer. Where do you want them to go? Where are they allowed to play? What are they allowed to do? Write that down. Make sure they're in line. Do some procedure checking on it once a month just to see that everything's still on track. And at least then you could say, I have this in place. They broke this. If we had those things in place, it would have taken our risk down probably to a 16th of that whole thing. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? The best place is to go to ceowarrior.com, ceowarrior.com. Got tons of free resources and videos to serve you in many ways and help you grow and learn. And also you could go to Mike Agliero, A-G-U-G-L-I-A-R-O, or Michael Agliero, and you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your insight as you've grown your companies. But then one of them in particular, the gross revenue from $1 million to over $30 million a year. And then also the insights that you've gained along the way. Marketing isn't everything. It's almost everything. Marketing is the only thing. That's one main takeaway that I got from this conversation as well as I love that last quote. It's more important to manage the risk than it is the reward and how you've taken your life as a warrior mindset and applied it to real estate investing, ripping out and eating up and tearing up those butterflies. And then also how with that mindset, you focus a little bit on your mortality and making sure that you remember and we remember that we're all going to die. So live accordingly. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, 
help you analyze if the project's profitable and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.